When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to that Chelsea podcast episode 85, The Final Countdown. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. Same ship, different week. We'll see you next week for more of the same ship. Goodbye. Um, no, um, <laughs> we've got to talk about some football. I'm joined by Jay Tomlin. It's been a while. Jay, how are we doing, my man? I'm really good, cons- considering, right? Obviously, the game was terrible, but I'm feeling good about this. Happy to be back on as well. Yeah, I know. It's always a pleasure when Jay and I are recording. I think the last time Jay was on was to look back at the Plymouth game in the FA Cup, which was... <laughs> Yeah, that was a chore to watch. But hey, those were happier times back then. They were a lot happier, happier times. But yeah, we've got to talk about Chelsea throwing away a two-goal lead against Wolverhampton Wanderers to not quite yet secure top four. Oh, I feel like I'm going to be talking about, you know, as I said at the start, talking been talking about this for the last few weeks, and I'll probably be talking about it next week as well. But yeah, it is what it is. Jay, as always, do guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. So why don't you tell people where they can find you, where they can find back posts, retro football kits, etc. Yeah, man, I'm doing loads at the minute. Uh, I'm doing uh, the back post is back. We're posting on there again at the back post on YouTube. Every Monday we come out with a show where we talk about the world of football uh, and then also retro football kits are on YouTube, TikTok, all that kind of stuff where I talk about old school football kits. That's uh, That's the day job. Lovely, lovely stuff. And Jay's links will be in the description below. Make sure you check him out. Make sure you check that post out and retro kits out as well. Some great content out there. Right, before we get into the game, a bit of admin. And that is to remind you that support for that Chelsea podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men, and if my math is correct, that's 8 million bulls worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer that we have for you and get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code VATCHELSEAPOD at manscaped.com. 
Now, we were kindly sent the Performance Package 4.0, and like Solomon Kalil for Bench, this is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Now, first off is the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming, and it will help clean up that mess down there better than Gus hitting cleaned up that Chelsea mess when you took over in the 15-16 season. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400k LED spotlight should you need a more precise shave. Some might call it the Cesc Fabregas of shavers. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to that mess on the bathroom floor and everyone's a winner there. Now, like Hakim Ziyech's goal v Spurs in January, you no doubt thought that was good. But do you want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes. It'll get all up in your business like Diego Costa looking for a scrap. Next up, we have their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, which will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped boxes and their shed travel bag. I mean, the travel bag is called the shed. You know you want this. It's time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code that Chelsea pod. And before we go a little bit further, I have some fun stats for you guys. Now, Manscaped carried out a research study and these numbers found that 96% of partners think bad grooming is a major turnoff, and that 85% of partners prefer a man who is groomed below the waist, while 91% of men think grooming is essential to their professional success. So for the last time, why don't you get 20% off and free shipping with the code VATCHELSEAPOD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code VATCHELSEAPOD. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We've got to talk about some football. Some football that unfortunately took place yesterday and Chelsea played Wolves. And for 78 minutes, it was quite good. And by the 97th minute, we all felt sick. And that two-wheel draw meant that Thomas Tuchel only has a 48.1% Premier League win percentage at Stamford Bridge as Chelsea manager. That's less than one in two. Less than a flip of a coin. It's grim. Um, Jay, I guess I want to start on a positive note. And there was probably only one real positive, and that was Romelu Lukaku. A Romantada? Is he coming back? He looked he looked quite good. He, he tucked away the penalty well. And that second goal as well, brilliant, brilliant finish. And he was lively. You know, he's getting involved. You know, he created chances. That was kind of a Lukaku we wanted to see. And I guess yeah, what, what happens when you kind of play to his strengths a bit? Yeah, well, that's exactly it, isn't it, mate? Like, for the first time in a long while, it looked like we were playing to play for his strengths. Like, we were, there was, you could see definitely straight from the beginning of the game, Rudy Gutiaga Silva, Everyone was looking for him, trying to get a ball over the top instead of just playing it around. There was a lot more of that going on, uh, whereas before there was little to even none of that going on. So, yeah, he flourished under that. I think um, that's been the big problem when playing him. We've tried to not play him into the system. But, yeah, he's a confidence player, isn't he? Got the first goal, and to be fair to him, that's a big penalty because <laughs> imagine he misses that. Like, that is insane so the fact that he slotted it away so calmly and then to get that second one straight after it was brilliant from him and it was like you said the Romelu that we wanted to see and we wanted to see all season and we got a glimpse of it at the start um it's just it's just interesting isn't it because we've played to his strengths there uh, and he's got two goals and that's brilliant and that's what we need but are we always going to play to his strengths because there's you know also all the other attackers that Tuchel has clearly 
favoured ahead of him because, you know, this game, although we drew it, I think Tuchel's gone into it thinking we're resting Havertz, we're resting Mount. It was not like we're not playing them for the, you know, it's kind of like looking towards that final, isn't it? But um, but I'm so happy for him. I think it's difficult. Like I've been so done with him recently, but I'm happy for him to get scoring again. He's clearly a confidence player. We need him to be confident going forward and and we don't know what the future holds weirdly so yeah happy for him to get the two he looked lively as you said I was hoping he'd get the hat trick to be fair because that'd be one hell of a hell of a comeback wouldn't it but yeah that was the only positive yeah yeah no exactly about Romelu Lukaku became Chelsea's top goal scorer in all competitions this season which again kind of says it all Uh, we're 14 he's now on Um, yeah Jesus I didn't know that That's, that's depressing yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a few of them, maybe Champions League, maybe a few cup, but et cetera. It's, yeah, not, it's not great. And yeah, said that was probably the only real positive to take away from yesterday because Jay, Chelsea were shambolic defensively. We were so open. And I guess, I guess part of that is maybe due to the midfield pairing we were playing. Like, I think when you play Ruben and Kovacic, two quite attack minded players, you're going to be susceptible to counters. And I think we just got lucky in the end that it took Wolves as long as they did to finally, to finally punish us. But, in general, that was just horrendous. Like, and it, I think what was most strange is Chelsea were two 0 up in that game with twelve minutes to go, and the Chelsea of old, the Chelsea from early in the season, would have just comfortably seen that out. But that from two 0 up, that was the most open we looked. And bear in mind, this is a Wolves team that does not score many goals. This is a Wolves team that is kind of notorious for being defensively solid and not scoring a huge amount of goals. And they hadn't scored in their last three games, but they looked like from that that's. 78th minute onwards as soon as they scored they could score almost every attack and I guess it just kind of goes to the point that defensively like we are you know our main strength is no longer even a strength now because I say we are leaking goals for fun and as I say Chelsea you know had a pretty you know good defense good defensive record at home going into that you know to the last month or so but in that last month it is uh it does not make for pretty reading and as I say Chelsea have now played 17 games in Premier League this season they've conceded 20 goals at home you know, it's more than one a game. And we'll end the season more, more than one a game. And you think, you know, that record was pretty good. Uh, but we've conceded now, I think that's probably 10 goals in our last four home games. Something like that, maybe. So mm. it's it's pretty damning. But just your thoughts on just like that general defensive display, which was was grim. It's mad that to think that we're third. When you when you, you throw those numbers at me there, mate, how are we, like, how, how are teams worse than us? Because that defensive record is is weirdly shambolic. And... It's so mad how long a season could be because at the start of this season, for very for half of the season, our defense was the key to our success. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, even in the Champions League final last year, it was because of our defense. You know, the the mental strength and ability of our defense, and then going into this season has won us games at times. It's made sure we shut up sharp, we get one or two goals, and it's and it's been like incredible. Thiago Silva, Rudiger, you know, all these players, they've been brilliant, and I don't. I just can't comprehend how it's changed so quickly. And this is the same season as that season that I'm talking about. It's mental. Um, it's it's annoying. Like yesterday, as you say, every time Wolves ran at us, we looked vulnerable. We looked scared. And it, and it shouldn't be that way. It's mental. Like it, It's definitely a, a, a psychological thing, I think, because... They they've got it at the back of their mind. They're they're worried. They're scared. They're looking a bit like, oh, if we concede here, or you know, if we lose this one, if we draw this one, that they they've got all that going on in their head. And I think that's something that 
they've got to deal with mentally because we know ability wise they're brilliant. Thiago Silva's one of the best. Rudiger's had the best season of his life. Um, you know, even the other lads, Chalobah didn't get a chance, which is sad. But you know, Christensen, Asby, oh, Asby has been shambolic in the last month or so, and it's just it is such a shame because you know what it is is where you've got you've got to take blame for it. Like he's our captain, he's he's the guy, and I've always loved Asby, but the fact that he's directly making these mistakes now that's leading to goals. It's not just he's making a few mistakes, but we're, we're cleaning it up. He, he's making a mistake and we're, we're conceding. He's got to come out of the side, I think, for the last couple of games. I don't know. I don't think we can go ahead with him. I think some for some reason he's not all there mentally. And I don't know if it's because of the contract situation where he's going in the summer, if his future's uncertain or not. I don't know, but... That guy, I feel so bad for him, but I don't know what's happened. And this is the problem. I don't know what to blame it on, like what has happened. Like it's just all of that defense now seem like the most unconfident players going. And I think teams know that. Wolves knew that. The second they made a, like one or two counterattacks, they were like, hold on, we can, we can get something here. And I guess you already said as well, the midfields, the two, no defensive, like, you know, we've built a foundation of five defenders two DMs that's, you know, just shut up shop. And then when you've got Kovacic and Ruben, who I both love, but going forward, that just does leave us open on the counter. And and to be fair, Tuchel saw that at half-time and he, he, he switched it around, didn't he? He switched um, Asby and uh, James around because he wanted more pace in the back three on those counter-attacks. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's such a madness. I, I can't believe the numbers you've thrown at me there, mate, have shocked me, actually. Like, I didn't realise it was that bad. It felt that bad, but I didn't realise it was actually that bad. Yeah, we have the seventh best home record in the league currently, and that could go down to wait for if Le- Leicester got, you know, Leicester could potentially overtake that home record. Yeah, it's it's grim watching. I said, we've only got four more points at home this season than Everton. Like, you want some some damning numbers. It's really, it really isn't pretty reading. I say Chelsea, you know, Chelsea have to win their last two home games now just to have a better than 50% home win record this season, which is a joke. Can I just say as well, I feel like this happens a lot. This isn't just a two short thing. This happened under Frank, like the defence crumbles. And then this happened under Sarri. The defence just starts to crumble at some point. Like, and a lot of these players were there then, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a reoccurring thing at Chelsea in the past five years that our defence just starts to whittle away mentally. It's it's a weird one. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be brutally honest. I think most of these players have checked out after that Champions League exit to Real Madrid. Yeah. But yeah, for Crystal sure. Palace semi-final performance, they kind of just got the job done by going through the motions. That was probably the best game they've played, actually, since then, to be fair, it wasn't even a great performance. But in general, it's been, like, grim. We've kind of almost, like, you know, we, we've only won one of our last five league games. We've drawn three and lost one. It, it's not good. It's not good form what we are in at all. And I said on Aspi, unfortunately, a lot of people I've been turning to is giving him Ivanovic 15-16 vibes, like the way it's ending. And it's just, it is it is really tough to watch because it's one of those things with Aspi Quet. We've got Thiago Silva on the pitch, so I can't even justify Aspi's leadership as a reason to have him on the pitch. And I feel oh, like, yeah, no. again, in recent games, we're seeing Aspi Quetta get subbed off as well. He got subbed off after, against Everton after making an error. He didn't finish the game today against Wolves. Uh, I don't think he's, you know, finished other games. It's really tough to watch and it's just frustrating as well because said uh, this season is, yeah, it's, it's, it's just dragging and it's, it's frustrating because if Chelsea had beaten Wolves yesterday and with the Tottenham, with Tottenham drawing at Liverpool, you know, which again is slightly disappointing, but I guess not the end of the world, you know, we'd have been, t- we're two, you know, if we won yesterday, we'd be two points off qualifying for the top four. Um, but it is, 
what it is. And it's like, like, you know, to kind of just sum up this whole Chelsea thing, like, you know, the top four, I think it's tough because do these players care? Well, some of them do, but some of them won't care because they're off to different clubs and be at the end of the season. That defence is is pretty new. And there's just a scene that I feel like, you know, I'm going to, you know, you know, adjust, adjust it to, to, to current, fit the current Chelsea situation. But there's a scene in um, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 where Harry Osborne is uh, talking to, to Peter Parker and he just goes, and Harry goes, you got a lady. So in this instant, you know, we'll say, that's us Chelsea fans going, you want top four. And then Peter, Peter goes like, oh, that's a question. That's a question. He kind of, meanwhile, he's doing this. He's trying to like get away from me. He sort of like climbs over a rail and he goes, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's complicated. And then, <laughs> and then, and then like Harry goes, yeah, I don't do complicated. I mean, I feel that is Chelsea fans mood right now. Like the Chelsea, Chelsea fans are like, do you want top four? And the Chelsea fans are like, I sort of do, but I sort of don't. I don't really know. Chelsea fans, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a compl- it's a confused state where the Chelsea fans like, I'm done. I don't care. I don't want this drama. This shouldn't, this shouldn't be going on. We, you know, we've taken five points from our last five games and, you know, as a result, top four is still not secured. And yeah, it's incredibly, it is incredibly frustrating watching Chelsea. They say it is, you know, it's essentially Groundhog Day for pretty much for fifth season in a row. <laughs> I guess the only difference from this season to previous seasons is we're actually in a lot healthier position for top four going into the final weeks of the season. Uh, compared to what we were then but even now we're making it slightly hard work but again what we're kind of lucky for is that you know our team teams below us do drop points and thankfully as said Spurs did you know I did you know as much this 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 is the kind of how depressing Chelsea got it for me I celebrated a Liverpool equaliser last night (laughs) and I don't want Liverpool winning the league but I was also then rooting for Liverpool to win that game because I want these because I want us to require as little points as possible to secure top four because I have that much fa- I have that little faith in this squad right now <laughs> you know I do not want them to have too much of an arduous task to get points and it made me sick that I was rooting for Liverpool to win yesterday because I do not want Liverpool winning the league so in the end I guess a draw isn't too bad because it means dark you know, times man exactly dark it, times. it means City if they win today can go three points clear and we're still five clear of Spurs with three games to go and Spurs have a North London derby midweek which again you know I'm gonna have to be hoping for a draw or an Arsenal win which again kind of makes me feel a bit sick inside, but it is what it is. That's what Chelsea have done to us these last few weeks. If they, you know, if they not made a stupid error against Everton, if they could finish their chance against Manchester United, if they could hold on against Wolves yesterday, we wouldn't even have to be worrying about this. Um, but it's Chelsea. And yeah, it was very frustrating. Said, there weren't really too many positives. Again, Jay, just a few things. The subs, man, what were they like? We were in, we were really struggling. We were really struggling. And Wolves would love they could get going on any attack. And we bring on, I mean, Kai for Rom, I kind of get, but Rom kind of maybe looked a bit tired before. Could we maybe bought Kai on, you know, earlier? And again, he bought Sauron for Pete. And okay, we went to a back four with that, sh- with that move. But I'm sorry, we've got like Trevor Chalabar on the bench. Mm-hmm. I do not know what that guy has to do to get a game. And again, it's, like... It's echoes of Tammy, isn't it? And this thing, I don't, I just don't know what it is. I don't know what Trev has to do to get a game because... Okay, he had a he, he had a shaky period of form, you know, in March. I think, you know, he could have given away he gave a penalty away against Norwich. He did score in that game, gave a penalty away against Norwich, and he was he could have given away a penalty against Newcastle. Fair enough. But he's not made, you know, but he's not been any worse than no, our he's... current defence has in this time. I just don't and the SAR sub, like, I don't really get like I get that we went to a back four, but then again it kind of just makes taking Alonso off for Sowell as a wing back just that bit odd that you're then doing that and then it's kind of almost like a wasted sub. And I know then Sal can go into the midfield and you can go 4-3-3, three, three, et cetera. But it just, it just feels just weird that 
Trev is like Trev is the more Trev is the better defender than Malangsar. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just oh, I don't get it. But again, like aside from that, we'll get into some sort. But also, we have a corner with, down their end with about thirty seconds to go. I know the ref plays on a bit more, but how do you concede from that? Game management just abysmal. Just talk to me through all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh Christ! Yeah, I mean, initially the halftime switch around of. Uh, Reese James going back into the back three as we moving out wide and Saar coming on for Alonso. I didn't hate, I didn't hate that at the time. Saar Sal coming on for Alonso, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Saar coming on. I think, um, I said this in the group chat, is it was, did Alonso go cry on the bus again or did he sit on the bench, the prick? Um, <laughs> but I didn't mind that. I think it was needed because the counter attack was clearly a threat. Asby was clearly a weakness. Putting Reese there, who's faster, stronger and a better defender made a lot of sense um, to me. And and I think, you know, from that point, we go and we go and get, you know, some goals. It's like we go and be better. So that I didn't mind. And it was, it is just that end of game management that you're talking about. I mean, Saar coming on is unbelievable. That guy is not a good defender at the moment. He might come good, probably not in a Chelsea shirt because that's how it works. That's just the, what happens here at Chelsea. Like players are good, but not when they were at us. But like you said, it's, it, Reminds me of what's happening, to, what happened to Tammy Abraham. We were begging for that guy to play. What could, what does he have to do to get a few minutes to prove himself? Chalobah has had a dreamlike season this season. Coming on early, early doors in that season, getting his goal. And you remember the celebration that he did when he got that goal? It was unbelievable. He scored for Chelsea. He's been here. He's come through the academy and then consistently put in decent performances. He's not a worldie. He's not a Thiago Silva. He's not a Van Dyke, but he's put in some consistent performances. He's been great. Bit of patchy form, bit of an injury, maybe. That's fine. Rotation. It's all okay. But at this moment, when we know he's fit and deserves a chance, the fact that he's not coming on it is, I don't know what's happening. Is, we said the same thing about Tammy. What has he done? Has, has Trevor just had a go at Tuchel? And, you know what I mean? Like, has he had an argument? It must have been something that we don't know about because surely it can't be football. Surely it can't be based on that because Saar is tragic. Um, and I feel bad for saying all this about him, but he is. And like, and then so like moving on to the corner, Christ, that was so bad, weren't it? Like, I thought, okay, that's it, lads. Well done. Time waste. I want to see that sort of stuff. I want to see a bit of just just take this game, let's do it. And then they just lost it. Was it who was it Havertz and Werner? Yeah. Probably the two players you'd least like in the corner protecting the ball. <laughs> like Werner, my guy yesterday, was just unbelievable. Like the when he'd run at a player and then just like run into them. It's unbelievable. And those two losing the ball in that corner was unbelievably stressful. And then yeah, like you say, 30 seconds to go. Just just hit it off them. Kick it at them. Don't, like, don't lose the ball. How are you losing the ball there? It's ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. And yeah, the, uh, moving back to the game management, Tuchel, um, it's weird, isn't it? Because I feel like we know Tuchel's incredible. We know um, he's one of the best managers in the league in the world. But his substitutes in the last couple of games have been terrible and i don't know why yeah but again it's not even you know like i think tuchel with late subs has been like a weird thing as well because i complained when we drew with bryson in january he kind of complained about the squad being tired but then he didn't make subs in that brian game he made three subs in the 80th minute again i'm kind of questioning like you can't really complain about tiredness and then only use your subs in 
last yeah. time. But yeah, it was just weird. Like, and it was again, what frustrates me is actually we 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 actually kind of managed that injury time period quite well. Those first five and a half minutes, we actually managed quite well. Like we were winning free kicks, we're in the ball, wolves yeah. in really fashion, any chances, etc. Whereas they did, you know, prior to that. But then, like, and again, like, regards, okay, fair enough, linesman makes an error, it should be a Chelsea throw, okay, whatever. I hear that. That's still not an excuse to then concede from that position. Like, you reset, okay, but decision go, it doesn't go your way. You still do not concede from that. And it's it's just embarrassing because it's a ball that, like, a high ball we don't deal with, and it gets whipped in, and there's Connor Cody at the back post just to tap in, and it's two all. And that is, like, literally basically the last kick of the game. And you're thinking, like, oh, my God. Because it, like... Let's be brutally honest, those last 15 minutes was horrible to watch. Like, that game in general, like, wasn't actually a bad watch. Like, we played all right, you know, Werner... I was, I was loving myself up Werner, until 80. Yeah, Werner had a goal, you know, again, because referees can't... Oh, can't, can't God, use Nick. the rules properly. Like, I forgot about that goal, Nick. You, oh. you, you play, you play, you play till it's in the back of an net. I and mean, if you think it's a foul, you think it's a foul. Because he's blown his whistle, it's too late. They can't change it because he's blown his whistle. We'll that talk about is- that. You know, Ruben offside, fair enough, that's offside. You know, that's offside, that was fair. It was, you know, initially he wasn't, but then obviously he gets a touch off Rom onto his path. That's fine. No, but that goal, and it came from a ref with hair as well. So I'm losing faith in refs in general. But <laughs> no, that was a thing. That was frustrating. But it's just, oh, I feel like, again, I feel like I'm probably saying it near enough with a lot of games this season. But if you wanted the game to just kind of encapsulate the current mood, that is kind of it. Like, just didn't go away. And, and what's frustrating as well, the new owner to be, or you know, he's agreed terms. Todd Bowley's in the stands, and he's brilliant. The camera's like panning to him, and you're seeing all these reactions, his emotions, and then you're thinking, "Oh, poor Todd, what have you got yourself in for with with this Chelsea lot?" But nah, welcome just... to Stamford Bridge, Todd. <laughs> oh, it's just so frustrating, man. I said, I literally, yeah, it's it's tough. It really is a tough one to try and to try and process. Because like I was saying, I was speaking to to Daniel Charles because him and I just you know chat as we just kind of laugh and joke about the current Chelsea situation. Um, but it just done kind of frustration. And I say to him, and I say this to people, this Chelsea team is finding a new way every week to annoy me even more. Like, <laughs> I, it's genuinely impressive how they managed to do this. Like, the Arsenal defeat, they lost 4-2. I was like, well, you made some changes. It's just off the back. You've had a busy week. Real Madrid, you know, Palace. Like, you shouldn't be losing to Arsenal. Like, we overdid it with the changes. But, you know, I can kind of accept that. We then scraped past West Ham. I was like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get there. And then United... You know, frustrated me, but the general performance wasn't actually that bad. We just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Then Everton was pathetic. And then yesterday we were just frustrating. And it just it's new ways of Chelsea finding ways to just not win games. I think that's the thing that's hurting because it's not like because we're in like we find ourselves in actually decent positions. And it's why four points from these last three games should actually be really achievable because you back us to event like to hold out like a situation because we're not we're basically beating Jay, Jay. I kind of said this last week. It feels like we're basically beating ourselves at this point. Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't think the opposition are amazing. Now, that Wolves team, like, fair enough, Wolves had a go. But even us not being at our best yesterday still dealt with Wolves relatively okay till about the 78th minute yesterday. Like, I don't remember Mendy having to make too many saves. He made maybe one save before they scored, but that was it. And it's just, oh, it's just frustrating, man, isn't it? It's just the general ceiling of just, like, just want it to go. Just want the season done with. Yeah, it's, it's, you're absolutely right there. We are doing. To ourselves, like the Everton was a, a mistake that we made uh, against United. It was the fact that we couldn't score. Like United were there for the taking, and we couldn't 
actually put the ball in the back of the net. I don't don't know why we've got this self-destruct button completely pressed down at the minute because yeah, like I feel like we are going to be completely grey when the final whistle goes on this season. Yeah, and and to to go back onto that Ver- Werner goal, Nick, because I completely forgot about it, mate. Thanks for bringing it back up. Um, it's ridiculous that it's absolutely ridiculous. It's never a foul. And then it's a great goal, to be fair, the way he's turned and put it in. It was never a foul. And then the the rule itself where, because he's blew the whistle, there's nothing you can do. That's nonsense. What is, why is that the rule? That makes no sense. If VAR can clearly see that you've made a mistake because you're incompetent dickhead, then it should come in and do something about it just because the, the, the guy's blew his whistle. What is going on? That is the most, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I know, like, I, I, when I saw it, I was like, that's fine. VAR will turn it over to goal. And then I heard that, 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 and I was like, okay, I'm done now. I'm done with yeah. this VAR refereeing thing. Cause this, it, the state of it in, in the past two years in the English game has just been horrendous. And I'm sure, I'm sure it can't be this bad elsewhere. No, exactly. And we've got a league, we've got a uh, FA Cup final to look forward to. Next Saturday, where we can no doubt be done over by VAR once again. Yeah, look, no, nah, in general, it again that disallowed the goal. Like it just sums it up. Like mm. refs don't even follow the rules. Like, it, and the thing is, like, if VAR gives that as a foul, then I can kind of accept that because there is the potential of that to be foul. But how you can literally just immediately blow and not let that play continue, and then just let's see. Okay, let's see if VAR needs to come in. But no, he's how someone can be so adamant that's a foul. I just. I don't know, but it's just, yeah, it's frustrating. I feel like we've, you know, talked enough about, mm-hmm. talked enough in general about Wolves. So we're going to go on to listener questions. Thankfully, there's only one game to look back on this week, so it doesn't have to be too painful. Um, but yeah, we're going to say we're going to move on to listener questions. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. First question comes in from Davey. Points dropped again. How do we show our leaky defense? Haven't seen any of the youngsters coming through, but winning their leagues. Can any of them step up to fill the void where most of the defense leaves at the end of the season? Can Ampadu do a job there? Because, Jay, this is like the question, like, thing, because there's a defense, there's a, you know, an exodus in the summer. A lot of that defense is leaving. Um, how do we shore it up? Because I look at that and I said, my only answer is you stick with Rudiger at left centre back. Because although I don't, although I think his levels might have slightly dropped recently, you know, his head might be slightly elsewhere. I still think he is the man you want there. Silver, I'd still play in that middle centre back, and then maybe at times rotate with Christian because I think we've got to rest Silver ahead of the league ahead of the FA Cup final. So I bring in Christian's there. But in general, I think it's simple. You play play Trev, play Trev yeah. right centre back. You play players who, you, ideal world. We can't play every like 
in an ideal world, we wouldn't play like any of the back three and we'd have other players who could fill in there because they'll be here next season. But we don't have that luxury because, you know, three or four fifths of the defence will be gone in the summer. But what you do do is you play players, you play someone like Trev, who will be here, who should be here next season, who who you're OK with making a mistake because it's his first season. And he's young and he's raw and he will make mistakes as part of his growing. There is literally no benefit. And I love Cesar Aspilicueta to bits. I love him. He's one of my favourite Chelsea players of all time. And I'm so delighted he's won it all. I will not say a bad word about him as a person, as a character, as a man at all. But I cannot justify him starting games for us right now. I cannot justify it because realistically he should be off in the summer. And he's making mistakes and he is offering nothing to that team. In, if anything, being brutally honest, he's a bit of a hindrance to this team. Because again, we see he, he gets booked yesterday and his lack of pace kind of then means we have to put Reese sort of in that right side centre-back to kind of cover, which then takes away from Reese's strengths. You pay Trev right centre-back, you know, that can be a start. And then look, going forward to next season, Davey, um, could Amper do a job? He's done, he's, you know, by all reports had quite an impressive season at Benezia. I think they're, you know, unfortunately going down or have been relegated or one of the two. But, you know, maybe he's a potential could do a job. Who knows? We've got you think that Levy Colwell is the one people talk about next season. Again, you know, that's a lot asking on him. Uh, in general, there needs to be a defensive rebuild and it'll be, it's crucial we get, you know, people in early, but, Jay, is there, you know, a way we can kind of, how do you kind of try and sure up this defence before the end of the season? Also, does that also partly come down to simply put, we cannot play a Kovacic and Ruben off the cheek midfield again? Yeah. Uh, no, I completely agree with you, to be fair, mate. I think uh, in an ideal world, I would drop Rudiger, you'd drop um, Christensen because they're going and, and drop Asby. Because uh, Asby's future is uncertain, but he, he's you drop him for... for uh, playing ability but but you, we just can't we literally just can't do that it's a shame um Rudiger I think I completely agree Trev needs to come in Trev's going to be there next season hopefully he gets a bit more minutes next season he'll definitely be rotated if not a start a starting player so give him this time to prove himself to too so that he can be that guy um and and then that also makes a bit of a statement I don't um don't think as we should play like you said I think he, he has been a problem recently. I think, you know, he has given away the ball a bit too much. He's made a few mistakes leading to goals. Um, and he needs to be he needs to be put on the bench for a bit. He he might be able to like get his confidence back up for one or two games, but at the minute we we are desperate for points. We need to shore this shit up. It's we have no luxury of oh play your way back into it. We need to get these wins in and they get these points in. So yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um on the Ampadu thing, I don't think Ampadu's the guy. I really don't. I think I think he's um he's 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 done well, he's great. Um, but I don't think he's the guy to come in and and make everything better again. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't I I can't I can't see that being the case. Um I mean like a, a squad probably squad role kind of similar to what Trev's had this year. It kind of feels like, you know, that's what it yeah, you you can't see him being like a man in bad defense next season, which again I think is completely fair. Yeah, that's that's it. exactly it. Like I think he could quite easily come back and be a very good squad player, but we need we need an absolute rebuild at the back. It's it's mental. Um, and and uh, before I get onto that though, yeah, you said uh, the two DMs. It can't be Ruben and Cover. I do like them. I like I love Ruben at the minute. I'm absolutely loving the football he's playing. I like the way he can just grab it and carry it, like. I absolutely love that, but you do lose a lot of defensive structure when he's on the pitch, especially alongside Kovacic. So I think you do unfortunately have to have one of those or, you know, sacrificed um, 
So yeah, I, I get Kante on a bit more because even though he's even Kante's not been at his best this season or towards the end of the season, he still offers that defensive uh, capabilities. And then going into the summer, mate, I've made a video about this. <laughs> Todd Bowley, mate, get 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 your, get your credit card out, son, because because Jesus, this is a this is a, a nightmare situation. And you know what it is? I'm like I said in my video, this is just poor planning from from Chelsea and I know uh, sanctions all that nonsense going on um but this should have been thought of last year two years ago do you know what I mean like there should be a structure in place where we have centre-backs ready to take over the senior centre-backs that should be a thing Trevor's already there he should be one of those people um we should have made a signing maybe or even not get rid of Gerhi or Tamore that's stupid enough like this, the, you know, look at Liverpool. Look what they're doing. With their front three, their their incredible front three that's won them stuff in the, the past couple of years is getting on, and they've got eyes on Real Madrid. So what have they done? They've brought in younger talent. They've brought in experienced talent and got them playing alongside these front three, so they can learn, they can adapt, and then they're ready for when Salah goes, when Mane goes. They're there. They're ready. Jota, Diaz, they are in there. We should be doing that with our positions. We should be doing that with our players. Our centre back should. When Rudiger said, ah, oh, I think I'm going to Real Madrid, we should be like, oh, cool, wicked cool. We've already got so-and-so ready for to replace you, but we don't have that. And it's that's Chelsea's board and the organisation. And hopefully with Todd Bowley and this new group of owners coming in, hopefully a structure is putting in place for that because we can't keep going on like this because this is the ultimately the problem of the last five to ten years at Chelsea. Is there's been no structure. There's just been buy, replace, sack, all sorts of nonsense. And I'm sick of it. And I think this is where the centre-back problem comes into it. Like, we should, we should have had this sorted already. And then going into the summer, I think we need to buy two centre-backs if we're not going to... I think we should definitely bring that Levi up. I think he's he's promising he could be a great squad player. And then we need to buy two defenders, surely. Yeah, well, I will say the lack of uh, forward planning on centre-backs is quite spectacular. Like, it is spectacular. If I said to you, it's spectacular bad to say that in the space of one season, we're going to have lost... Tamori, Gerhi, Christensen, Rudiger, Aspi. That is spectacularly bad management. Like, there is no way you can spin that at all. And we kind of said, it would be okay if we'd lost Tamori, if we'd lost Gerhi, if Christensen, if Rudiger were staying, but mm-hmm. they're not. And mm-hmm. we knew that was a possibility because the contract situation was up. And that's why. And the age. And that is why, ultimately, the reality has got to be for Chelsea moving forward. Because, again, we're in a similar position coming into next year with Jorginho and Kante's contract up the end of next season. Chelsea have got to come into... Chelsea have got to now go into a position where if there's players with a year year contract left, if there is no guarantee that they will sign, you sell them. I would rather sell these players one year too early than one year too late. Absolutely. Because, That's been our problem for the last five, because, ten years. again, even if we look at it, we're not... Rec- we're, it is a calamity, but we are not recouping any... We are not going to recoup any money but Andreas Christensen and Tony Rudiger. That is a calamity. That mm-hmm. is a calamity. And if we recoup money, then that could easily that could be spent in different areas. But now we've got to work on it. And I say ultimately, yeah, I know that's kind of we've kind of gone a bit on a you know a longer on a tangent sort of on that question. But yeah, in terms of shoring up the defense, it's tough. It's mentality ultimately, because I said these players have got to sharpen up quick if they want to if they these players if they these players can get back on it and focus, then they can sharpen it up. But they're they're not all 100 percent there at the moment. And that is clearly having 
an effect. Uh, next question comes in. Who is our leader on the pitch? Dave seems gone and Rudy semi-detached. Who have we got now to organise and calm the team on days like this? Because, Jay, this is kind of my point as well. Like I said, it kind of thinks about it again what I'm saying. If people, other people saying Dave kind of seems gone, Rudy seems detached, like, there's no need for playing Dave, kind of said earlier. But in general, like, the leaders there is silver. But again, you look at, and again, maybe it's me you know, but again, no Mason Mount today, uh, yesterday. And I'm, look, Mason Mount not playing is not the reason we didn't win that game. Let's not be clear. Mm-hmm. But he would kind of offer something on that pitch, maybe some leadership going forward potentially. But in general, like, where is our leaders? Because it is tough. Because that again, that should not be that should not be happening yesterday. And he said, "There's no, yeah, perhaps it is quite tender. There's no Kante. No, I mean, he is questionable how much Kante is a leader, but maybe he does his leading by example on the pitch. And then there's no Georgie either." the Mount doesn't Mount isn't involved and all of a sudden yesterday like you're kind of only real leader you're seeing in that team is Thiago Silva and, and then maybe Rom depends how you view him as a leader but given his stature he's kind of stay at Chelsea it's quite hard to describe him as that but yeah wherever leads on the pitch yeah well the 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 only one you can see is 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 Silva I think um a lot like a lot like Kante Asby is a a leader in example by example I don't think he's not a traditional old school Bark at the players, get them in position. He's like, he's the ultimate professional and you need to follow his example. That's the way he's always been. Whereas right now he's, he's playing really ropey football. So you can't lead by example. So it's not him. It's Silva uh, at the back. I think Reese James before his injury was definitely a commanding figure uh, in that, in that defense. But since his injury, I think he's still finding his way back to his, you know, full form. Like he's not fully fit. He's not fully mentally fit and game fit. So, I think he's refining himself a little bit. So normally he might be, uh, like you say, Mason offers a lot um, in that attacking play, like up the up end of the pitch. He he's definitely one of those players that like too sure. It's too sure on the pitch that kind of thing, and he wasn't there. But like you say, we're not winning if Mount's on the pitch or not. Um, but other than that, yeah, no, it's not. I don't think uh, Kante offers much in leadership. He's just a great player. Jorginho doesn't offer much. I think th- we haven't got a lot of of leaders at a minute. And maybe that's why we aren't managing games as well. Cause you can see Tuch on the side losing his rag completely screaming, but there's only so much he can do on that touchline. Whereas like, there's no player in the middle of the pitch doing the same, losing their rag, screaming at players, telling them what to do and where to be and and to, to tell them to keep their composed. Do you know what I mean? And that is the problem. So yeah, the, the answer is Tiago Silva is the only leader on that pitch yesterday. Yeah, exactly. I think realistically, in normal times, you've got three leaders in that pitch, as P, Silver and Rudiger. But when two of those three, their heads are quite, you know, seemingly elsewhere and understandably elsewhere, it makes it tough and it's it's very frustrating. Uh, next question comes in from RJ. What do you think Burley made of that game and result? What would he be thinking that it's clear we need upgrades or perhaps a bit more? Would he be thinking that it's clear we need upgrades or perhaps a bit more critical of Tuchel? Can you for? So, Jay, what do you think Todd Burley's thinking of that result yesterday? He's thinking, shit. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, my wallet's going to take a beat in here. Have I still, uh, <laughs> have I still got my 28-day um, thing to get back? I've got my 28-day guarantee. Where like, get on whatever. the phone to Jim. Jim, yeah. you can have it, son. You can have it. <laughs> um, it's all yours. <laughs> he, you know what? He experienced the highs and lows all in one game there, didn't he? He experienced the ROM goals, the tune-up, and then he also experienced the heartbreak of a 97-minute winner. He experienced football. Maybe he loved that. Maybe he enjoyed that. Um, but he, he must be thinking... Oh no! What's going on here? But he, he might also, hopefully, see it as a, a a challenge and as a 
an opportunity to make Chelsea better. Um, so I'd, yeah, <laughs> I think my instant reaction is thinking that he's like, oh shit, what have I done? But hopefully he's the kind of guy that's taking it as a challenge and as as he's going to take it on. Yeah, and I also think you'd probably be aware of the circumstances until Chelsea have played have been in this season. You know, up to the last month or so, it actually had been a relatively, you know, pretty enjoyable. So he's maybe a bit longer than a month, but yeah. And then what would he be thinking? Would he be thinking it's clear we need upgrades or perhaps more critical too? Because this is the thing, right? It's clear that squad needs improvement. Mm-hmm. It's clear that squad needs improvement. But I feel like, and I said this, Thomas Tuchel has been here 18 months. I do feel he has been here long enough for us to evaluate him. And I said at the start of the pod, I read that stat on our home form, 48.2 win percentage. That is not good enough. That squad that he has at his disposal, at his disposal should have a lot higher win percentage at home in the league than it currently does. There's no excuses for that. As we said earlier, I think his subs at times have been questionable. There's obviously times to call himself, difficult time in his personal life right now, etc. Not the easiest. But the point is, Chelsea should have had top four wrapped up by now. After 30 games, we had 62 points. In the last five games, we've taken five points. Realistically, that Leeds game, the latest top four should have been wrapped up is that Leeds game. And look, Leeds, Leeds, it could be wrapped up. If results go away, it could be wrapped up, you know, before the FA Cup final. But I don't think it's going to. The way this season is going, I don't think it's going to go that way. And I think there has to be, you know, criticism on Tuchel. Because last season, we limped over the line in top four when we shouldn't have done. Okay, the circumstances he took over weren't ideal, but then he quickly rectified that situation. We're in a position where we should have kicked on and got top four, but no, we struggled and made it hard for ourselves, dropping some stupid points and literally getting through on a favour from Spurs on the last day. And this season, we've been in a position where we've all, we've been pretty comfortable in top four for pretty much the whole season. Now, there's never really been any real point where you thought we're slipping out. For a period yesterday when Liverpool were 1-0 up against Spurs, uh, Spurs were 1-0 up at Liverpool, I thought, oh my God, we are really, really in trouble. And then thankfully Liverpool equalised and the situation didn't get worse. And it's, you know, it's the situation is still fairly comfortable. But Jay, the point is, if, like, look, I don't think, look, whatever happens, Tuchel should be stay. I don't think there's any reason Thomas Tuchel should be sat. But you do have to say, if, if somehow Chelsea missed out on top four, there are no excuses for that. There is no defending Thomas Tuchel on that. You cannot make any, I do not think you can make any case for the defence whatsoever. Obviously, it wouldn't all be entirely on him because his players are responsible for that as well. But you could not defend that at all. You cannot defend if Chelsea miss out on top four, given that they would have only needed to take nine points from their last eight games to get top four. Um, so what do you just sort of just questions you're kind of, you know, on Tuchel on that. And then because it, we say it's clear upgrades, but, you know, also do you think, you know, critical on Tuchel? Yeah, I mean, this is the this is the thing in, at the moment in, in football. This isn't just a Chelsea thing. This is a football thing. I think there's a there is no line anymore about criticising and wanting him out. I feel like player uh, like uh, fans will be like, you can be upset with a manager and you can be annoyed with his game management last game and you can criticise that. Doesn't mean he should be out at the door in the morning. But some some fans don't see the difference between the two. Um, of course, he he is he has some part to blame in in all of this. He is the manager, and he will take the blame. And I think he, he's the kind of guy that will take the blame. Um, and we are allowed to criticize him, and we have on this podcast. Um, doesn't mean he shouldn't be there next season. I think he's one of the best managers we've had tactically in a, in, a, in a while. We need to keep hold of him, especially if we want to try and keep up with the other two, City and Liverpool. What sacking the third best manager in the league? would be stupid if if that's the goal. Um, 
and then but at the same time I think there's a recurring theme here and it's those players and it's the it's the mentality of those players you can look at a, a large portion of these players that have done the same thing time and time again in the past couple of seasons they did it under Frank they did it in under um Tuchel and at the latter part of last season of course like you say in the top four race and they're doing it again this season they have this weird mentality shift where they are not fully focused towards the end and it's hard to motivate them. I feel like the last four Chelsea managers, five Chelsea managers have all said that the line or something similar to, I'm finding it hard to motivate these players. So I think equally you have to put a lot of responsibility on them. But the way the game works is that it is the manager's problem first before anything else. So so yeah, I think we we have to criticise him. But at the end of the day, it's season's not over yet. We've got what three, four games left, including the final. We'll, we'll evaluate him then. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, seeing on Bowley, I think you know, it, you know, Thomas Tuchel's still very popular with fans. You know, he oh, yeah. he wants to do what's best. But I say, I think evaluations will come at the end of the season. And I said this season could look, this season could look, could go some different. Ways. It could look very different. We could come third. We could win the FA Cup, and we could go. You know what? It's not been a bad season. The league is still the league form is still a bit of a concern, and I don't think whatever happens, even if we come third or fourth, I don't think that should be swept under the carpet because we mm-hmm. got to fourth. Because it, what we've seen in recent weeks is a concern. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's not gone away should be a concern. But I said this could go so many different ways because we could come fourth and not win a trophy. We could come fourth and win the FA Cup, or worse, we could come fifth and we could win the FA Cup. We could come fifth and we could not win the FA Cup. This season could go so many different ways, so it's quite hard to. To evaluate, and I said, "What well, will be interesting to see how you know?" I think the proper evaluation will will come on Tuchel at the end of the season. Can I just say as well, mate? Um, if we finish third, yeah, in the league, there is no there is no shame in that because you look at Liverpool and see, yeah. look at what they're doing, look what they've been doing for the last five years. The fact that we're the third best team ahead of them with all the problems that we've got something right has been doing. I know we've had some like mad fixtures, mad results, terrible things going on, on and off the pitch. If we finish third behind those two and in and ahead of Arsenal and Tottenham, like there's no shame in that at all. No, exactly. I don't think there's any shame, but at the same time, I don't think it should be, I don't think we should be sort of eulogising or sort of praising this achievement too highly. Cause it's kind of what I said, like United came second last year and set, look, sec, second, not really an achievement. But the actual man of them, they came second. They were comfortably second. They were mm. never in a top four scrap. That's what Chelsea should have done this year. Chelsea yeah. should have had com- third comfortably secured. And I know at the end of the day, you're going to look at it and go, league position, what difference does it make? But I do feel there is a slight difference in how you view it in terms of comfortably third. Like, reality is we should have been, we are comfortably off the pace of the leaders. That's fine. If everything has gone on. But we should also be comfortably clear of a chase back and we're not. And yeah, that's yeah. why I think what's frustrating. That's why we've got to look at it and say, if Arsenal finish above us this season, which is, you know, a possibility that could happen. Even if we get top four, even if we win the FA Cup, we still can't ignore this league form that's going on. Because I think everyone knows that Chelsea are a very good cup team. Yeah. The evidence shows that Tuchel, you know, reach, you know, all these cup finals with us. We're a good cup team. But this pattern and this sort of trend we're going on of scraping top four is worrying. And you've got to think the manner in which we're doing it this year, where we're kind of limping over the line, you know, there's a strong chance with what players we're losing in the summer, that it could, you know, get worse the start of next season before it potentially gets better. So we've got to be wary. But look, I think Bowley will, you know, He's, you know, at the end of the season, he'll probably, you know, just have a long look. I don't necessarily know how he operates, etc. But it'll be interesting to see. But say the Chelsea, this Chelsea season to evaluate is going to be a really interesting one to evaluate because there is so much other outside factors and other context that needs to be applied when talking about this season. But in general, I think, you know, 
I say Tuchel, Tuchel does not, Tuchel is not exempt from any criticism and said, you know, this next few weeks will certainly, I think, define how part of his Chelsea legacy is secure, is, is discussed in recent years to come, I think. Um, lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But next question comes in from Dan Hill. What has to happen with our defence in order to stop conceding sloppy goals? Kind of thing we answer that with Davies' question. Essentially, change it up, bring Trev in. I think, I'm not saying I will necessarily stop it, but the player's mentality needs to focus. Uh, and is Chelsea's current defence player's mentality thing due to player's head being elsewhere as a tactical? Yesterday was, the first, yesterday was the most open we've been, Jay, I think. And I think that was tactical because of the midfield. But in general, the games before that, United, Everton, I don't think we were defensively, you know, shocking. You know, West Ham, we didn't. We were defensively sound. It's just individual errors. So I don't think it's necessary. I think it's. So I think it's a mentality thing, right? And it's mentality and individual errors for that. So my final question, which is last point, give a word on how you feel about Bodie's ownership. So how are you feeling about Todd Bodie's ownership? In one word, uh, I'm excited. Excited. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued yeah. is what I'll <laughs> go with. I'm excited, but also go intrigued to spice it up. So yeah. Dan, sorry for a quick answer, but I think we kind of probably answered it. Question, and the final question comes in from Tram. How many from that squad that played today against Wolves do you genuinely think are of Chelsea standard? Are they capable of competing for multiple trophies a year? Because, Jay, this is a tough one. Because I feel Chelsea standard is quite a hard word to describe. It gets thrown around a lot. Because this is, this is one of the things I laugh about when we go Chelsea standard. Tammy Abraham was not deemed by many Chelsea fans as Chelsea standard. Okay, fine. I get that. He's having the season of his life in Roma. He's thinking he scored 25 goals, most in a debut season or something like that. He's got his team in a, in a Europa League Conference final. Okay, it's Europa League Conference final. It's not the, the highest standard, whatever. But he's having a pretty good season in Syria. He's literally performed. In his time at Chelsea, he performed better than our attackers are right now. And he's gone away and he's performed better than right now. And he's not deemed Chelsea standard. So I feel Chelsea standard in general is quite a hard phrase to define. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to change his question as to how many of these current lot would you be happy with us being here next season, because I think Chelsea stand is too open and it's quite a hard way to scrub. So I will literally list a player and you will just say to me if you want them here next season or not. So I'll go Mendy. Yeah. That's Plaquetta. Uh, no. Silver. Yeah. Rudiger is off, so we'll ignore that one. Yeah. Um, Reese James. 100%. Kovacic. Yeah. Ruben Loftus Cheek. Yeah. Jorginho. No. Kante? Yes. Alonso? No. Pulisic? No. Ziyech? No. Um, <laughs> Havertz? Yeah. Werner? Yeah. Mount? Of course. Um, Sowell's going back on loan. <laughs> Bless him. Barkley? Oh, of course. No, no. <laughs> so. Oh, I think he could be a good rotation player, but he's not a starter. So, yeah. He's not, to be fair, maybe he's a left back potentially, but again, recent form mm. has been a bit of a, it's been a bit of a, uh, a bit of a shocker. Um, right. That's Bettinelli's a third choice keeper, so it doesn't really matter. Keep um, Bettinelli and get him playing every week. 
And I'm trying to think. Okay. I hope I've missed anyone out. I'm just checking. Callum Hudson Odoi. Uh, yeah. Keep. Uh, Kennedy. Kennedy. Uh, no. Have I said ZH? Have I asked you on ZH? You've had, you've you've missed out the main man, Big Romulo. Big Rom. Rom Rom. Yeah, Rom is good enough. I just think his mentality is ass. Okay. So I don't know how many that was there, but Chime, people listening, you can count how many Jason do we keep. So I'll go for it. Mendy, we won a lot. <laughs> Men, Mendy, keep. Uh, Kepa, sell. Bettinelli, bird choice, fine. Homegrown quota, that's fine. Keep him. Rudy Exhaust, so it doesn't matter. Alonso, I'm not, I'm kind of in between. I'm not fussed if he stays, but I also think this is real, real, realistically. Like, the reason I'm not fussed if he stays is because we've got a lot of surgery to do, and I feel like he could potentially still do a job there. Um, oh, Jay, I've got Emerson out on loan. Keep or sell. Oh, um, I'd rather Emerson and Alonso. So okay, yeah, fine. Uh, Christensen's off, so Silver keep. Uh, Trev keep, that's four. Chilwell is obviously a keep. Yeah. Didn't ask you that. Chilwell, five. Uh, Reese day six. P can go. Saar can go. Jorginho, I don't mind if he stays. Kante, I'm... Jorginho and Kante, I'm indifferent on. Um, Kovacic, day seven. Ruben is a squad player, stay eight. Sal go. Barkley go. Mount stay nine. Uh, Rom stay ten. Callum, I'm not fast. Timo, I'm not fast. Pulisic, I'm not fast. Ziyech, I'm not fast. Kai, stay 11. Kennedy, go. Um, so I think that's, yeah, 11 sort of players to keep in, in and around this squad. So that's, as you can tell, there's probably quite a few players that are, we're quite happy to go. But that doesn't necessarily, <laughs> by the way, the players who were saying to go, that, again, that doesn't mean they're not Chelsea standard, because I think Jorginho is Chelsea standard. You know, for example, Kante is Chelsea standard. But there comes a point, given their contract situation, given the direction we want to go in, I think you probably also have to make a few critical, you know, maybe some harsh, you know, ruthless decisions this summer potentially. So I can't, you know, definitively say I would like them to stay, but there's a, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe a starting 11, I could maybe just about keep the players who I'd be happy to keep. But then again, out of those players, I wouldn't want Ruben starting games week in, week out for us next season. Um, you know, I didn't even say I'm wrong, wrong. I'm not even fussed about if he goes or stays. Um, but in general, there's a few players that I wouldn't necessarily want, you know, Trevor, I wouldn't necessarily be wanting starting week in, week out next season. Silver, we can't. I don't think we can start week in, week out next season. Because again, I think he maybe is starting to slightly feel the effects of, of playing so much this season. He already played more games than he did last season. Um, so yeah, Sham, I think that answers your question. Kind of Chelsea standard. As I said, like these players, a lot of these players are good enough for win, you know, for winning cups. And they, but in terms of if we want to go to a league, there probably needs to be a clear out because I feel the longer you let certain players stay and you kind of just gloss over the issue, the you don't get any closer to getting back to where you want to domestically in the league. So I yeah. think we need to, you know, some decisions need to make. There needs to be some trimming. And ultimately, as I said, Tuchel's basically had one player, signed one player who he yeah. wanted, Lukaku. I mean, Sal's alone there. I don't, you know, I don't think he was necessarily mad. I'm not sure how mad he was on Sal. probably like sound. He can do a job. But again, given how little Sal's played, you can kind of tell he's not really on that list of priorities. So, yeah, so are these players capable of competing for multiple trophies a year? Well, this year they've they're in two cup finals, so they are capable of competing for multiple trophies in cups, but they're not capable of competing for a domestic league title because again, the evidence is right in front of us. We won um, the club world cup. Yeah, exactly. Won the club. <laughs> we, we, exactly. We you know we won two two cups this year. And we could win a third, and we lost the final of a fourth. So it's clear they can compete for cups, but the main one, the league, there clearly there clearly needs to be some wholesale changes if, and I think if, that's obvious if we want to win the league we need a, a, a plan a philosophy and a rebuild and because it's the only way you can do it nowadays look at City look at Liverpool that's what they did that's why they were where they are and the new the new owners need to see that 
and the, the fans also need to see that as well. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. As I said, next season, because we're, because of the exodus, what's going on, you know, it might be tough. You know, I think next year it might literally just be a case of annoying me again, trying to get top four. We'll yeah. see how it goes, because there will be an exodus, there will be a squad rebuild. But there has but, to yeah. be now, with Bowley, there has to be smart recruitment, which is what we get on to because because a lot of recruit people talk about where well, smart, this recruitment is smart. We don't necessarily need to go for big names. You go for what Liverpool did. I mean, for example, Klopp wanted Julian Brandt, I think was one of the players he wanted. And Liverpool were like, no, this so-and-so is better, stats, etc. We'll say it's better. And Julian Brandt's career has gone a different way to what, you know, someone like Sadio Mane or et cetera has done. You get in, get smart recruitment in, you know, you get players. You don't have to spend loads on them because look at Liverpool. That squad hasn't, there's that stat when Liverpool beat United 4-0, the Man United, that Man United squad costs more to assemble. And that Liverpool squad is so much better. Mm-hmm. So again, smart recruitment is a way. It's what Chelsea need to do. And what, what I'm kind of excited about and intrigued for Bowley is to see the manner we go. Because with Roman, there's not really been a structure. Mm-hmm. The structure has been win. There's, yeah, there's not been a structure. It's literally just been, I buy you these players, you win. If they, they might fit, they might not fit. They might fit for you, but they won't fit for someone else. There's not a need. There needs to be a clear structure in place at Chelsea for, for things to work. Because that's how you get success and the evidence is in front of us with how City and Liverpool have done it. And say this team in Cups kick can do it. I don't think you need to necessarily have an amazing structure to win the Champions League is what we showed last year in terms of upstairs, but you need a, a, a structure for Elite because I said this team are inconsistent and said they've won 19 Premier League games out of, of 35 this year. So again, that tells you how far off a pace they are for, for wanting to win a, um, a Premier League title. But yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this week on that Chelsea podcast. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the people still listening. Thank you. I appreciate you. Um, we're kind of in the final stretch. Uh, the final countdown, as this episode is called, because, you know, we're, we're counting down the days till Bowley's in charge. We're counting down the days till the league season's ended. We're counting down the points required for top four. And we're counting down the days till that, till that FA Cup final, which hopefully gives us something to enjoy uh, from what's been a pretty depressing last couple of months following Chelsea but yeah before we go uh, I'll give Jay to give himself one last plug. Jay where can people find you? Oh god um, we find me on the back post talking about all things football not just Chelsea as well which kind of gives me a little bit of hope we talk about all the sorts of football going on over there the back post on YouTube and then also retro football kits on YouTube we talk about all things football kits lovely lovely stuff Jay's links will be in the description below, yeah. As for us, we're on Twitter at Bad Chelsea Pod. We're on Instagram at Bad Chelsea Pod. Whenever I tweet, we put out any likes, retweets, go a long way. It just helps get us on to everyone else's timelines. You know, at the end of the day, we are just Chelsea fans talking about the one club that we love. And it may not seem like we love them very much, Dan. To be fair, <laughs> I don't really love them very much right now. I don't. It's a toxic relationship, it's, mate. It's, it is. It is. It's it's a toxic relationship. And it's one I wish I wish I could care less about. But unfortunately, I can't. I'm, I'm, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. So we're on Twitter, Instagram, etc. We're on all usual podcast platform fighters. Apple, Spotify. If you want to leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts, that's brilliant. You can give us a re- review on Spotify. That goes a long way as well. Um, give us five stars, you know, even if you don't think so, please. Uh, just, mm-hmm. just helps us. But yeah, retweet, share about player to anyone with a functioning pair of ears, please. And just one final reminder, reminder before you go that you can get 20% off Manscaped and free shipping with a promo code thatchelseapod at manscaped.com. But yeah, until the next episode, everybody, keep the blue flag flying high. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.